You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Tresini, we'd like to welcome you to the show this morning. Alex is the only one with headphones on and a mic in front of him, so hello, Alex. How are you? Good morning, Kathy. I'm well, thank you. That's great. That's great. This is the last show of February. Yeah, it's it's uh, flown by the month of January, for sure. It has. We've got a great lineup coming up in February, so, uh, you know, maybe we, we'll just do a quick intro and let everyone know what's coming up. Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay, we'll do the uh, first show, Diet Fads and Facts. The Science of Love. That's right around um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, very appropriate, right? Yeah, very appropriate. A little bit scientific. It's not about uh, cotton candy and chocolate, but it'll be a lot of fun. And it will be fun. I'm a looking forward to that. And then something new and uh, that uh, we haven't, no, I don't think, ever talked about in the show is uh, science of tapping. So that's, you know, tapping in certain spots on your body for stress relief and so forth. It's... Uh, it's very interesting. I've come across it a couple of times, so we have an expert on that. And then to end off February is a show on autoimmunity. Then we head into March, which is the month of our 100th show. Yes, that's something that uh, it's been such, an, such, such uh, a wonderful uh, time that we've had putting all these shows together and having some excellent, excellent guests. It has been, and I tell you, I started listening to the earlier shows and... Um, yeah, I think we've all come along, especially me. <laughs> I've come a long way. I was uh, as green as they get when I started this. So hopefully over the last uh, 90 odd shows, things are a little bit better than when they started. But hey, we all start from somewhere. So our show today, I should let you know, is taped. So no opportunity to call in. Um, you can reach us though on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook handle is at the Health Hub RMC, and our email is thh at radiomaria.ca. In case you um, would have any questions for us or about the show, anything in general, or especially if you have any show topics. So we are getting those requests in, and we do our best to to get people and experts in the field out to you. All of our shows are turned into a podcast, so please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcasts on the Radio Maria website, which is www.radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is www.kathybiasse.com. Um, all of our shows, I think, uh, by the time you hear this, there will probably be three new podcasts up that you can listen to, but... Uh, well, I'll let you know that at the beginning of February. But uh, new new podcast coming up uh, would have come up the last week, so do enjoy them. And again, if you like what you hear, please uh, please let us know. It always is encouraging for us, and we pass everything on to our guests. So, Alex, the new food guide came out uh, last week, mm-hmm. and um, interesting enough, I'll just go through a little bit of it with you because I do have some other things that I want to talk to you about before we get on to our guest. Um, the new food guide. So, no more food groups. Food groups are now gone. Hmm. 
No more serving sizes. And it, uh, the new food guide uh, very, um, very much has turned uh, tables on, on a lot of things, but it is asking us to get more protein from our fruits and vegetables, something I applaud, to drink more water. And one thing that I think is just a brilliant piece that was put in uh, to the, the food guide is to be more mindful. And they call it the Brazilian way of thinking. And if you did watch uh, the CBC's Food for Thought, there was a piece in there at the beginning about um, the Brazilian way of, of being in the kitchen and mindfulness and we have incorporated that into our food guide. So you can uh, visit the Canada Food Guide. It's, uh, the website is canada.ca backslash food guide for uh, more details. But um, very, very happy with the way things are trending with that food guide. So take a look at it. And uh, our children, our young children, are going to be educated a lot differently than uh, what my children were educated. So on to uh, a little bit of the blurb before we get into our guest. I wanted to talk to you. We are in January. We are still working on our New Year's resolutions, hopefully. Um, But I thought, you know, as things come to uh, our health and to cleaning up our health, we'd go back and talk a little bit more about environmental toxins in your home. And just to reiterate some things you can do around your house to create a good environment uh, for yourselves and for your family. So quickly, uh, the minima- the minimization of the use of plastics, that is very much in the forefront of the news. Uh, many places have eliminated straws, but plastics uh, take bins, cloth bags, or cardboard boxes to the grocery store and avoid using plastic bags. Also, a lot of people don't know that those a lot of the receipts that you get have a coating on them, which is not, uh, not good for you. So when you handle that, you can uh, get that, uh, get those chemicals in your body. Uh, don't drink in plastic bottles. You know, do take uh, stainless steel water bottles or or glass water bottles. And storing of food. So storing of food, try and keep in glass containers. Also, when you you cook your food, uh, aluminum foil and things like that. We really don't want those touching our food. So yeah. parchment paper is uh, can be your friend. So parchment paper on your cookie sheet liners. If you're making things like mashed or baked potato or. Um, What's that orange one called? Sweet potato. Sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. well, yep. put them in, uh, wrap them in the parchment paper and then put the aluminum foil. So do keep the aluminum. You don't want that. That can get into your food and then you're ingesting that. And again, not good for you. Uh, another one are plastic shower curtains. They can give off chemicals. So there mm. are other products in the market, glass shower stalls. They are more expensive, but uh, you can replace your plastic with hemp. Hemp liners, our, our hemp uh, shower curtains are out there. So these things I'm just trying to bring to the forefront. I, you know, no one's expecting you to run out tomorrow and change everything over. But, you know, just as you're moving through and uh, trying to clean up your house, just keep these in mind. Try to use natural cleansers as opposed to the chemical cleansers. There are a lot out there. But just your good old baking soda and vinegar uh, do a lot of good in the house, uh, especially if you have animals, you know, on the floor. The animals are on the floor or babies. Um, very good to to really be in touch with what's going on to the baby's hands and then hands to mouth, obviously. Air conditioners or air fresheners, not air conditioners, air fresheners, those are, are toxic. Use mm-hmm. um, the diffusers with essential oils, much more healthy for you. And look carefully at your uh, cosmetics, what you're putting on your body, shampoos you're using, deodorants, those are all going through your skin into your system and uh, again, we're trying to reduce inflammation, so try and keep those to a minimum as best you can. And um, one final thing is adding plants to your home. 
Well, I'm actually going to give you another one too, as well as salt lamps. But plants in your home really help to detoxify the air and really do help to create a, a, a healthier environment. So plants like aloe vera plants or spider plants, they really do work to detoxify your home. And aloe plants have a dual function. You can ingest uh, the gel inside, use them on wounds. So just some ideas as January is uh, coming to an end here, and hopefully you're still on the bandwagon with your resolutions and health goals. These are just other tips for you to to further your health. Also, I might add, too, that the there's a website, www.ewg.org. That's the Environmental Working Group. Just a plethora of information there that you can uh, that you can turn to to get some more information on that. So on to our show today. Our show is called The Way of the Soul to Peace and Well-Being and is with a former teacher of mine, Carolyn DuPont. She's a wonderful person, lovely lady, and um, she's bringing really something unique in the healthcare field. Carolyn is a soul coach whose 30 years in the holistic field include creating the Seneca College Holistic Health Certificate Program teaching for the Canadian School of National Nutrition for the past 25 years. That's a school, um, in fact, that I was at. Helping thousands of clients with soul coaching, nutrition, energy work, and meditation. She's taught hundreds of food classes in her home kitchen. She has worked in the fitness industry, movement, and yoga. She teaches meditation classes, deep healing circles, and retreats. Carolyn has written four books on nutrition and physical and spiritual healing, and she is creating and facilitating numerous courses, including the Clear Being Soul Coach Training. And one quote that she's uh, given to us here is, Each of us is on a unique journey of discovery of our true nature, and this process holds the authentic path to health, self-actualization, peace, and beauty. And when we get back, we will be talking to Carolyn DuPont. Same as I was before Everything's rearranged I am less and you are more I didn't even know that I was thirsty But when you rain it pours I'm not worthy of this grace and mercy That you
when I pray, my sense is shifting. Lord, fix my heart. Please break me apart. I am so sick and tired of walking in the dark. Yeah, breaking through the walls I built. Humble and thankful for the blood you spill. Every time that I feel defeated, I know you already beat it. I believe you died for me. You set me free. There is no doubt. Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Again, our show is being taped today, but if you have any questions for us afterward, please do email us at thh at radiomaria.ca or do follow us on our social sites. We are at the Health Hub RMC. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Carolyn, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's really great to have you here with us. Thank you, Kathy. It's a delight to, to be here with you and with your listeners. Well, I have to let everybody know, too, um, that Carolyn, this is uh, full disclosure, Carolyn was a teacher of mine at uh, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, and um, she is very respected within the schools, what she's been teaching there for quite a number of years, and uh, I really did enjoy her course. And truth be told, Carolyn, um, it... I'm of a science type of mind, and when mm. I saw sort of the listing in the program of, you know, what you were teaching, and uh, mm-hmm. without a word of a lie, I thought, okay, well, this is, I'll get through this. And it was really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I w- it was one of my favorite courses in, you know, we have a number of them going through school, and I truly did enjoy it. So I think, you know, when people start to listen to you and understand um, your progress throughout the nutrition and health field, they're going to understand why. Um, you are so good and well-respected within the field. But let's get people up to speed about how you got to to where you are today. Okay, sure. Um, well, I, um, I, as far back as I can remember, I've had an interest in health. I remember as a little girl wanting to be a doctor, just kind of sensing um, that I had something to offer to the suffering that's caused by physical illness. Um, and so I did begin to pursue that. I got a, you know, started with my bachelor of science and, um, around that time, I, um, I actually ended up marrying a professional hockey player and ended up in Chicago and couldn't, um, pursue the medical studies because we were traveling around a lot. So I ended up getting a master's degree in exercise physiology. I'd always liked fitness and thought that was a good way of entering into the health world and worked in that field for a little while and explored what it is to be physically fit and explore the limits of that as well. Um, And that led me eventually to wondering about nutrition 
And uh, this happened around the time that my children were born. And I began to, well, I fell in love with nutrition. I just, uh, it was such an eye opener for me to move from a place of having sort of just followed the four food groups for my whole life to this whole new world of whole foods and plant-based diets and um, nutrition and, and spirituality and environmentalism and all of that. So I just, that really just lit me up. And so I pursued that pretty deeply. And that's when I began to teach for the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. But I also realized as I was changing my diet and my diet was changing me, actually, um, it's interesting because when I began to eat more whole foods and more natural foods, it's like I became more interested in my own wholeness and I became more interested in becoming more natural, meaning more myself. And um, that led me into a whole exploration of um, the emotional side of healing because up until that time, I'd been a fairly, um, not that fluid emotionally. And I realized in my early 30s that I wasn't actually all that happy and I wasn't really all that connected with my true self. I guess, you know, when my kids were born um, and, and you see in children this spark of, of um, beauty and um, authenticity and soul, really. And as I saw it in them, it made me sad that I had lost it in me. And so that really sparked my whole spiritual journey and um, the pieces of my, my health journey just kind of dropped in naturally from energy work to holistic movement to yoga, meditation, um, and, and incorporating that, you know, as I was learning, I was still seeing clients and I was teaching and sharing what I was learning, uh, with my students and clients. And, um, it's all sort of evolved to the point where today I'm primarily a soul coach, a meditation and yoga teacher, um, a retreat leader, and I still do help people with nutrition as well. Do you find in your journey that this has almost been a natural evolution for you? Because just listening to you, it seems to me that you attended to one area of your health and you attended that well. And then other areas of health sort of called out for that attention, too. And it just seems that your evolution has been one where you're you're heading into a deeper meaning of health. Is that does that resonate? Am I, am I getting close Absolutely. to? Absolutely. You're right on. And, and I think that's the way for all of us. And everybody's journey is going to be unique because each one of our souls is here to um, learn certain lessons, to serve in certain ways. And so to a great extent, we, we, we can trust the flow of life to show us what we need to see, what we need to learn in absolutely the right time and the right way. And I certainly have found that with myself and would definitely tell my younger self to just relax and to trust that um, everything to a great extent is taken care of. And we draw in new perspectives, new tools, new teachers, resources, just naturally. They get drawn to us as we're ready to learn them. And that certainly has been um, my experience. I think, too, with the amount of chronic disease out there and people looking for ways ways to get back to health, I think 
maybe um, where you're fitting in so beautifully is our loss of self into self intuition. Maybe that might be a repetitive term, but our loss of intuition. So when we're talking or when you're speaking out being a soul coach, is that what you're encouraging people to do to look inward to to try and nourish something from within as opposed to grabbing information outwardly? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I think there's there's three stages that we all go through in terms of um, health and, and the resources that we uh, reach for. So at the first stage is, is when we're kind of unaware of the effect of our choices on, on our health. So that's maybe a lot of people are there. Um, uh, like I would say, probably the majority of the population is there. They're, they're slightly aware, but they're really not interested. And they're kind of just basically living and making choices from their, their conditioning, from what they've learned, from what media and advertising is telling them, and really relying a lot on external um, uh, input. And then the second stage would happen when somehow something clicks one day and we think, huh, maybe what I'm eating is affecting my asthma. Maybe the food choices that I'm making are, are having an effect on my moods or on my um, digestion. So something comes in and there's this curiosity around, huh, maybe there's something more that I can do to help myself to heal from this issue. So that would be what I call the education phase. So now you're aware that there's a connection and you begin to read books, you go to experts, you look on the internet, and this can be a wonderful phase because it's, it really opens us up to all the possibilities. But on the other hand, it can also be a very confusing phase because one, many um, practitioners, well, pretty much any practitioner that we will speak to will tell us different things and sometimes completely opposite things. I mean, you just have to look out there right now and there's so many dietary approaches and mm-hmm. all of the experts seem to be completely sure that their approach is the right one. And so it can become very confusing. And so the only way to get beyond that confusion is to help people to begin to listen to their intuition, which is that inner guide that we all have within us that orients us towards the choices that are, that are the best. Um, for us at this particular time in our lives. It's that thing that allows us to listen to an expert and to filter out what resonates and what doesn't. We're not giving our entire power over to something outside of us. We're learning to trust that there's something here inside of us that is the very best expert on our health and the choices that are most um, supportive for us at this time in our lives. And I think um, being the professional that you are and it's something that I, I try to, to emulate is I think that our type of practitioner, one of the roles is to educate. And I think not to sort of dictate, but to educate. And I think that's very much what you're doing, a very beautiful piece of of the holistic approach that that is is sort of lacking right now. Now, I wanted to to turn before uh, we head into the break. You talk about intuition. Now, is that interchangeable with the word soul or does soul have its own unique meaning within your practice? No, I would say that um, when someone is listening to their intuition, they are for sure tuned into the voice of what I'm calling the soul. 
So the soul is really just that clearest part of us that is absolutely in line with who and what we really are that's beyond the conditioning that invariably will come in. Um, you know, as soon as we're born, we begin to be conditioned by our parenting, by our culture, by our education. And so before you know it, there's kind of two versions of each one of us. One is the soul, the true self, um, and the other is the ego or the conditioned self. And, um, you know, we can, we can continue to live an ego um, led life and that has certain results. But what I'm trying to do myself and also orienting my clients towards is, is helping them to, to live a soul led life, which tends to be more fulfilling um, and more, um, more satisfying and more true to us. Have you found that your clientele has moved with you through this journey, or are you now attracting a different, uh, different set of people? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, clientele sort of, man, I mean, some, some of the people that are with me have been with me for a long, long time. Um, definitely there's new people coming in as well. Um, some people fall away and then they show up again, which is always very cool. Um, so while I, I understand that, um, you know, a soul-guided approach to life may not be for everyone, I'm, I'm not really trying to be for everyone. What I'm most interested in is to provide guidance for those people who are, who are ready for that. You know, the ego is a perfectly fine way to live a life, and it's something that we all develop in order to kind of fit into our family and our culture, and it's kind of a survival mechanism in order to get the approval um, and the um, affection and acceptance that we all need so dearly. And um, the ego can also help us to really make our way in the world and to have successes in the world. So there's nothing wrong with it at all. But sometimes for some of us, the patterns that we have developed that, that you know, form to create what we call ego, one, either no longer work or are no longer satisfying. Um, um, or there's just something that is starting to call us that is much more enticing than continuing to drive our life um, through our ego resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I get to, when I get to thinking about this, I almost think that this this place in health is is. A, a person that is coming through, they've they've attended to other areas of the health, and now they're almost at this stage and it's the perfect place for you to come in and further their their health journey. When we get back from our break, what I'd like to do, Carolyn, is talk to you about um, really how a session would go so we can familiarize the listeners with uh, what they would expect to have happen or to to have the, the, the setting, basically, of, of a mm-hmm. session with you or the number of sessions. So after our break, we're going to get into that. Sure. Thank you, Kathy. There's a hope for me yeah. In the darkness there's a light 
Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Carolyn DuPont, and we're talking about the way of the soul to peace and well-being. This is a unique offering of Carolyn's, and uh, actually, I love that word, Carolyn. You always use in your your emails and your newsletters the word offerings, and I think that's such a peaceful word in and of itself. But what I'd like to do is really orient uh, the listeners and maybe a drill down into a session with you. And I think maybe we should start with differentiate, differentiating what a health coach is and what you as a soul coach is. Because we have, I'm a cancer coach, there are health coaches, there are soul coaches. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the, the differentiation between a health coach and a soul coach. We'll start there and uh, people can get a, a good sense of, of what you're offering. Okay. Well, um, I don't know what a health coach is. I've actually, I've never seen one. I've never really read about it. I'm assuming that, um, 
yeah, I'm assuming that they give people guidance around taking steps towards bettering their health, right? Maybe in a broad um, sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, with a soul coach, um, I'm not really giving people advice or even giving them necessarily specific tools that they need to use towards, um, towards their health. The premise behind soul coaching is that we all have an inner guidance system. We are all already the best experts on our own health, our own body, our own life. And so my orientation is around um, helping clients to find the voice of their soul in the midst of their life as it is right now. So it's more about helping them to find their guidance system rather than necessarily to say, oh, well, here's, you know, step A, B, C, D, and that's what you're going to do. I mean, I still will give people, if I'm doing nutrition and soul coaching, I will give people guidance around what they could be eating, but it's, it's looser than what I used to do. I give them much more um, kind of uh, empowerment around letting their body guide them to where it is that they need to, to, to move to at this time in their, in their lives. Now, with with regard to this, then why why is it important for us to connect to that soul? Uh, are, we only push so far with everything else. What is the reason that you think that we need to really make this connection for health? Because people aren't aren't taking care of themselves unless they can connect to that to that deep deep part of themselves that they made promises to before they came into this lifetime. They often, very often, will not be able to find the motivation to really do the, the, the really precious self-care that's necessary um, to help us to make our way through our lives with energy and vitality and enthusiasm and creativity. Uh, people, I, I just, I've been in this field for so long trying to get people to exercise and eat well and all of that, and I guess I just saw over and over again that what gets people tripped up is stress. When they feel stressed, those things tend to fall to the wayside. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's work with the stress since that's what's here. And can I find my deepest self, my soul, in the midst of my life circumstances right now? Because if we can do that, then self-care will naturally be there no matter what's going on in our lives at any time. Now, is this a very, a very much an inter-looking really into yourself or... Or can we use our relationships to help mm-hmm. us grow? How totally, does that work? Yeah. In? Absolutely, absolutely. Relationships are a huge mirror for our soul. Um, and uh, oftentimes when, when clients come, um, they will be speaking to me about a problematic relationship, whether it be with a partner or a child or a parent. And so we use that as a stepping off point to... Um, find soul in the midst of that particular challenging relationship. So earlier you had, um, before we went to the break, you had spoken about, you know, about how a soul coach session would unfold. I mean, that's not the only way in which I use these soul coach um, practices, but um, a lot of it is done one-on-one. But I also use them when I'm teaching yoga classes. Um, I feel that even when I'm teaching 
a, a big class of, of nutrition students, the soul coaching principles come in. But I'll start off with um, sort of like a, a one-on-one session. So obviously when someone reaches out to a coach or a therapist or a counselor, it's because they've got some kind of issue in their life. And someone would reach out to me because they, they resonate with the approach or maybe they've, they've met me and they feel like they could, um, they could um, benefit from some, some guidance. And so generally, uh, we, will, we will sit in front of each other. Um, so I just, we sit on these low chairs, there's a candle burning, um, and um, it's, you know, cozy. And um, I'll ask the person basically what I can do to help them, and they will talk to me about what the challenge is in their life right now. And so the first part of the session is just the person um, speaking what it is that's going on for them. And during that time, I'm starting to attune myself to them. So I'm listening to their words, but I'm also listening to, um, let's just call it the energy beneath the words. So when someone speaks about a stressful situation in their life, you can hear it in the words, but also the body begins to pick up. You know, I can pick up the emotions that the person, well, we can all do it, but I've really trained myself to open myself up to feeling what that person is feeling. So I call that compassionate listening. And so um, part of the soul coaching is me creating space within my own being for what it is that the, the person is speaking about. So for example, I just had a client earlier today who um, was talking to me about feeling um, uh, left out in a particular relationship that she was having and kind of feeling unimportant. And as she was sharing that with me, I could feel where that emotion, that feeling, that reaction was in her body. And so oftentimes after the person has shared, what I do is I take them through um, a guided meditation into um, their, own, their inner body Meaning what I mean by their inner body is I, I start turning them towards their feelings, basically. A big part of soul coaching is the understanding that our soul is there all the time, but it's buried in all of the emotions that we don't allow ourselves to feel. So a very, very big part of the sessions is visiting the difficult and challenging emotions that a um, one of my clients might be experiencing in their lives that they have not yet developed the presence for in themselves. And so my role is to be that presence for them, is to feel with them the feelings that they're not yet able to feel on their own. And as that happens, um, and as I guide them, so for example, um, my client today was talking about how she was feeling um, uh, when I, I spoke about feeling sort of rejected and unimportant, she was feeling it in her heart and in her throat. And so we, we took a little journey and we, we began to turn towards those feelings rather than away, which is our natural tendency. And what people invariably notice is that when they turn towards these feelings and or energies in their body, um, they begin to relax. They begin to open um, and peace starts kind of coming through. Like it's like the clouds are parting and you have this light and this warmth that starts coming through. 
And as the, the energy and the emotion begins to move, um, very often what happens is a person will begin to receive kind of a sense of um, um, uh, uh, clarity, understanding, um, even creativity, ideas for how to deal with the particular issue will start coming through. So the, one of the, as I mentioned earlier, the things that blocks our connection to soul the most is the, the, the emotions that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel because somewhere along the line we were conditioned to believe that our feelings were wrong or bad or shameful. This sounds like, for some, it could be a very emotional uh, journey. Do you find that? Yes and no. Yes and no. What happens is because I attune myself to that person's energy body or their emotions, I'm feeling them along with them. And so in many ways, it's much less emotional than people would imagine (laughs) because um, they're getting, basically, they're getting help to feel their emotions. And this is something that our parents, had they been evolved enough, would have done for us. So when we were little children or when you have a little child who's feeling sad, what they most need is an, a, a parent or any adult to feel with them, to kind of open up to the sadness that they're feeling and to be this kind of spacious presence in which it's okay to feel the sadness, in which case it just moves through, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens instead is a child feels sad. The parent is not, if the parent is not comfortable with sadness, what they're going to do is they're either going to give the child a treat or distract them with a the television, take them out and buy a toy, um, anything to feel this emotion that the parent isn't comfortable with. And so now we're, we're programming our children to be afraid of their sadness, um, which can create a whole lifetime's worth of, incapacity to really meet life in its whole spectrum of feelings. Because the truth is, is when, a, when an emotion comes through, if we would just let it, it would move through in seconds. But because we repress it, because we somehow try to shove it out of the way, these emotions end up lasting a lifetime because they're all sort of imprisoned in our body. It sounds like social norms are part of the problem. And what we should well, be absolutely. feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have this. Um, it happens in our society, but it also happens within certain cultures. Like there are some cultures that are quite a bit more stoic than others. You know, that really kind of um, contain everything, and any kind of emotion is really just not okay. Um, so it, it, it could be coming from different sources, but for sure, we we all get into adulthood where. Um, Consciously or subconsciously, we have separated our emotional life into emotions that are okay to feel and emotions that are not okay to feel. And religion feeds into that as well, right? Religion tells us maybe that we're not supposed to feel certain things. Um, but for, for the health of the soul, really, emotions need to be... Well, you look at the word emotion. I mean, most of it is motion. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be felt. And there are absolutely no bad emotions. You know, whether it be jealousy or hatred or depression or anxiety, these things are all just energies, that, like weather patterns, that need to move through. 
and people can learn to presence their own feelings. And that's really what a soul coach is, is someone that teaches you through her own presence how to presence your feelings. And the beauty of it is that the whole session is about teaching someone how to be with themselves, how to be with their inner world, how to give themselves the things that they often demand other people. Like a lot of times we want our partners to be understanding or um, we want other people to be there for our emotions um, when really the most wise thing to do is to learn to be there for ourselves. And through the learning that people have in a soul coach session, then they are better at being present for their loved ones when, when feelings are arising or when, when difficult circumstances are arising. So maybe um, we can give a, a picture of how we can use and identify and, and some ways that people can connect to the soul in their daily lives and put this mm-hmm. into sort of concrete steps that people can sort of see where you're coming at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if we all were to, to pause for a moment and think about the things that we do that make us feel most alive, um, right there, that would be a really good indicator that those things are helping us to connect to soul. So whether that be, gardening or taking a walk in nature or the yoga classes that we were taking last year that we stopped because maybe our life got too busy. Um, Maybe for some people um, it's playing their guitar or picking up the paintbrush. Um, So we all have things that we do that make us feel more connected, more grounded, more alive. Um, and so those, those things would be really wise things to incorporate into our daily lives. Now, again, because we are so geared in our culture towards more the physical realm, getting things done, um, um, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we keep ourselves really busy because we do have a lot of kind of stress and emotions building up. And so to stop and play our guitar means that we're going to have to feel or to go into nature where there's not a lot of distractions means that we're going to have to feel. So a lot of times um, we don't do these things that really ultimately make us feel more connected to ourselves because the journey of getting connected means that we have to feel more deeply. Like slowing down means that we have to feel more deeply. And if, if it's been many months or years, whatever, that we haven't really connected deeply to ourselves, it means that when we start going in, there might be a lot of backlog there, let's put it that way. And that's why it can be helpful to have some help um, at the beginning. But to answer your question, um, it's really important to practice, um, one, c- doing things regularly, daily, that help us to get a little bit quiet, disconnect from external things and, um, and, um, connect to, um, yeah, that part of us that feels real and, um, authentic and creative. 
And the other thing that's really important to connect with soul on a regular basis is emotional hygiene, meaning, you know, on a daily basis, we brush our teeth, we wash our face, we take a shower, that's physical hygiene, but do we take time on a daily basis to allow any of the feelings that arose as a result of our interactions to complete themselves? Because oftentimes, you know, in the course of a, of a day, there's so much going on that we don't really have time to process our feelings, um, particularly if we've had a lifetime of, of repressing our feelings. So, um, so taking quiet time to just sit and to allow whatever feelings that haven't really had enough time and space to complete themselves to do so. So meditation would be an awesome practice. Mm-hmm. So this, this journey is not an easy one. And this is something, so instead of protocols, you're giving practices, I imagine, that you're sending people home trying to do. How many sessions do you, do you generally have with people before you, you feel that they're able to fly? Well, um, a lot of my students and, and clients um, come to, like, they'll come to sessions, but they'll also come to uh, my yoga classes. They'll come to retreats. Um, I do a silent retreat, a four-hour silent retreat every month. So people will come to various offerings, and, um, and, they, and they have other things that they might do to connect to soul as well. So Oftentimes when I start with a client, um, I'll suggest three or four sessions right off the bat, and then I will often recommend that they do come to the yoga or um, start a meditation practice. I have um, a 21-day meditation program that I offer on my website that people can kind of continue um, the explorations on their own. Um, Is it a difficult process? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, if we look closely and talk closely to people, life is difficult anyways, mm-hmm. right? But this process, as challenging as it can be in some ways, it's also very joyful. Like, I remember when I first started feeling really deeply, um, which is kind of strange to say that, but I, I was 30 years old. <laughs> and um, I remember really c- kind of beginning to let my feelings flow because I, up until then I'd been very sort of, not a broad range of emotions. And I remember feeling um, sadness started moving through, but I also noticed that there was joy right there with it. And why that was, was because even though there was sadness moving through, it was real, it was fluid, it was alive, it was the freedom of finally letting go of all the energy that, that I was using to push it down. So even though the, the emotions were okay, yes, challenging, there was also the sense of freedom and joy that was right there with it. And so I say ultimately, um, yes, it can be a challenging journey and it, it takes courage, but at the same time, it truly makes a difference in the way that we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Whereas, the other way is just is almost like um, this constant roller coaster of up and ups and downs, and um, real no real progress in, in in our sense of inner peace and interconnection. This I was just going to say this is truly um, this connective piece to health is truly something that is under 
appreciated and something that I think everyone needs to to take part in in some way, shape, or form. And I think what you're doing, Carolyn, is offering such a vital piece and a vital service as to how people can can really dive deeply and connect with that. Maybe it's that last piece of health that they haven't attenuated to, and this is the breakthrough point. So we're ending the show here, and I and I just want to let uh, everybody know when uh, where they can get in touch with you. And your website is carolynedupont.com. You yep. also have a website, clearbeingsoulcoach.com. And on Facebook, yeah. you are on Facebook at Clear Being Online. Is that every? Yeah, right. yeah. That's all your connections. If anyone right. um, does not uh, has not got a pen and are not writing that down, you can certainly contact us, and we will let you know all about Carolyn. Carolyn, thank you so much. It's a very unique uh, show, very uh, a very important piece that I think you bring, as I said, to the table of health. And I hope everybody really appreciates this part of themselves that they really do need to attend to in their health. Everybody, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next week on the Health Hub. Listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.